Unfreaking believable, my friends. Let's do this. They do not stop in the second round of the playoffs. No, no. No, no. Rowdy. Oh, nay, nay. Oh, nay, nay. The Bucks have punched their ticket to the Eastern Conference Finals. What a nail-biting, gritty, drink-everything-around-you win Saturday night in overtime at the Barclays Center as the Bucks. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. Bested the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant, James Harden, who was a shell of himself, and a hobbled Kyrie. Well, maybe that's how they did it. As the Bucks punched their ticket, Giannis Adenikumbo, an all-time performance in Game 7. As the Bucks do it, Rowdy. They're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Wow. Yeah, that game uh, wow. on Saturday night kind of reminded me of Game 3, where both teams had a ton of opportunities, and it was the Bucks in both Game 3 and Game 7 that found one more basket yeah. than the Nets did. Absolutely incredible. What a... I've never been such through a roller coaster of emotions than I ever have been in that series against the Brooklyn Nets from... You know, the Bucks getting just completely owned the first two games and wanting to fire everyone to them just, as Rowdy was talking about, game three of them just, you know, inching it out. And then the Bucks blowing out. And then all of a sudden, the Kevin Durant puts on a historic performance and I want to fire everyone again. Well, I still don't think Buda Holden was safe. To then the Bucks going to overtime <laughs> and looking, dude, the start of that overtime, I swear to God, the Bucks were going to lose that thing. They didn't score for what, the first like four minutes? Yeah, the first, it was at least the first three and a half minutes. <laughs> It was, but that was the thing. The Nets, the Nets, once they got that first quick bucket, they couldn't do anything either. No, it was wow. I just, I so I was up in Door County over the weekend, and it was pretty crazy Saturday night. Um, my wife and I, Jen, are in this hammock, like swinging obviously between two trees, and it's like you know past ten o'clock, and you can hear all these other little campsites that either have the radio on, listen to the Bucks, uh, TV that they had brought, watching the Bucks, and I'm sitting there in my hammock watching my phone. Because I got it through Hulu. And I'm sitting there swinging my hammock watching this. And just to hear everyone, every little campsite, everyone just kind of go nuts at like 1030 at night with, uh, you know, indoor County under the stars of campfire. It was, it was wild. It was so cool. Did you stay home and watch? No, I uh, went out with a buddy to Red Baron in Edgerton. And it's pretty funny because everyone's kind of watching it in the first half. Uh -huh. But then in the second half. Everyone started living and dying on every single shot that went up. <laughs> yeah, everything. Every, like, no, no. Oh yes. Oh no. Um, let's see here. The king says Chris Clutch Middleton. Well, I'm glad that he was clutch before because 90 percent of that game he was not. Yeah. <laughs> Drew Holiday, 90 percent of the thing. game. Both of them got hot in the fourth in, in overtime though. Yeah. Um, Drew Holiday. I thought he was single handedly trying to lose the game for the Bucks. I thought that was the best game that Giannis had played. Yeah, that's that was because an all timer he, for Giannis. He actually shot the ball decently well for him from behind the arc yeah. and decently well from him from the free uh, free throw line. Yeah, it was th that game from Giannis Dendekumbo was everything you want in your <laughs> superstar. Say, and I say that decently well for him. <laughs> I just, I, I was totally ready to get the swift kicked in the nuts. Um, you know, Kevin Durant, I was ready for it. Kevin Durant takes the ball in the dying seconds of regulation I bet you he thought his toe was behind that three-point line. Oh, both of up. them. Both of them. Even the one oh. in overtime when he pulled up, the yeah. toe was on the line. So if he would have cashed it, it would have been, well, most likely the nut kick. OT number two. Yeah. Well, I mean, just in the regulation, when Kevin Durant goes up and everything happened so boom, boom, so fast, and you're not sure, sure if his feet were behind the line or not on the three-point line, and the Slim Reaper KD goes up and just, what a shot by Kevin Durant, though, to put it into OT. But I was like, oh, my God. Watch it come down to his feet are like like a millimeter behind the line, and the nut kick continuum swings on. But nope, he was on well, the line. Both times with the Bucks up two, and the Nets having basically the last opportunity to score, yeah. and Kevin Durant has the ball in his hands. I think everybody, everybody had a pit in their stomach. <laughs> yes, because it was it was just setting up too perfectly for one of the best players in the NBA to just drill a big shot. Yeah, instead it would be Giannis. And he had, he had, he had two opportunities. opportunities. He did. And like you said, first one, toe on the line. Toe on Second the line. one, toe on the line and air ball. <laughs> that, yeah, that was a bad. That was like um, I saw people doing the uh, Carlton gift from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where Carlton takes the ball from Will Smith and throws up an air ball. Uh, our guy True Advisor says, uh, maybe it's because I'm a Bucks fan, but that game seven was one for the ages.
constantly tight, back and forth the whole game. Sick do-or-die plays from both squads. That was one of the greatest Game 7s I think I've seen in quite some time. Especially when you come when you put the fact on that we came out clean on the other side when the Bucks won the game. As Wisconsin sports fans, what do we know about those games? Misery. Oh, well, how about we lose those? How about Brooke Lopez, who has been hot and cold, and him getting in there and rejecting Kevin Durant in a huge critical spot in that late in that game. Well, even how about that? But how about the other one, Rowdy, where he's got the ball of two seconds left and they designed the play for him to get up the shot. And oh, he doesn't yeah. even realize there's two seconds Again, left in the shot clock. That's why I said the Brooke Lopez that's hot and cold. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he goes from the high of highs from rejecting Kevin Durant to again, low of lows of like, what are you doing? It's he's trying to pass the ball when there was two, two seconds, seconds on the shot like, clock. Dude, you're supposed to hit it right there from the corner. Uh, Brooke Lopez, there were so many moments in that game where you could have said to yourself, why? Why, God, why? Or like when he missed the layup and then has to tip it in. <laughs> it's like it's a lay-in. There's so many different parts of that game where you ha- scratch your head and then wonder how in the world, as us as Wisconsin sports fans, that we know pain and misery in games like that, that we somehow came out clean on the other side against Kevin Durant after Durant. Dude, it's crazy what the Bucks were able to do. Well, <sighs> Being a Bucks fan, you just have to be thankful that Harden and Irving weren't 100% healthy. And some of their other players, like Blake Griffin played well, Brown played well, but Joe Harris had a terrible series for him too. Yeah, oh yeah, he was not good. And then did you hear after the game James Harden talking about how he had a grade 2 hamstring uh, injury? And that's like, I don't know, I'm not saying he was making excuses, but... Is there any one? Is there any player tougher to watch than James Harden? I don't know if it was just me because I had all the nerves for the game seven, but James Harden in game seven, that dude, that dude is could play in professional soccer and be the flop master. Well, I think being that he did have a strained hamstring, it made everything slower. Yeah. So like his acting was even worse. It was bad. Rowdy, it was watching James Harden was so ugly and so bad. Uh, thank God the NBA is going to change their rules coming up here uh, to make it har- harder for Harden to flail and flop everywhere, but we uh, shall see. But, yeah, it was it was a wild game. I just can't believe that the Bucks won. And here's the thing, though. That's what I keep telling myself. It was a second round. Yeah, it feels like that's like the Eastern Conference Finals, doesn't yeah. it? Well, now that's the thing. It's uh, the Bucks draw the Atlanta Hawks. It's the second round. In the Eastern Conference Finals. And hopefully there's no letdown because it's a series that they should win. Yeah. The Atlanta Hawks. I Atlanta Hawks, I guess, Rowdy, were what, sneaky good a couple years ago? Now I guess they're actually good as they take down the 76ers Man, was in that Game in 2019? 7. Yeah, that was right before the Rona. <laughs> that was right before the Rones where they were sneaky good. That was when they were, yeah, they had a decent, and this was in the first 10 games of the season, they had a, a decent record where they were about 500. Yeah. And then that comment was said, and then they lost like 20 games in a yeah. row. Someone called the Atlanta Hawks sneaky good as they were, yeah, they're losing 20 games in a row to 2019 before the Rona. But yeah, now the Bucks. listen, we're going to react over the, the huge win Saturday, obviously. I have comments from Giannis, uh, Mike Budenholzer, uh, Drew Holiday as well, PJ Tucker. How about PJ Tucker uh, and his, did you see him and Kevin Durant's mom? Kevin Durant's mom on the sideline was like, this isn't football, this is basketball. PJ Tucker looks at her and goes, I love you. She goes, I love you too. <laughs> But then you have uh, you know comments from PJ Tucker on the way. Well, Rowdy, I keep telling myself this is the second round. This was the second round of the playoffs. It felt like so much energy was exerted and so much you know was put out there into the ether because it was like an all-time series. But last time I checked, they're not hanging banners for winning in the second round. That's why you have to worry a little bit about a hangover and a letdown in the next round well, against a, a team that's definitely lesser than the Milwaukee Bucks. Totally. But you know what I like to see in that uh, series? It was kind of uh, what we talked about the last couple years is the fact that Booty played his starters the majority of the games. He wasn't playing them 30, 35 minutes like he had in the past. Yeah. And now was that because of John Horst who shortened the rotation because he got rid of some of those guys and there wasn't really that Maybe. type of options? Maybe. But uh, he did play them more and they won a game against or they won a game and a series against the Brooklyn Nets that were definitely the more talented team, even though they were injured. Yeah. So, wow, what a series. What a series for the Milwaukee Bucks. And now, like we were just talking about, you know, hopefully there's not a hangover, right? Well, the Atlanta Hawks had to win it in seven. That was a pretty wild ride for them, pretty emotional. Again, I'm, the the Philadelphia 76ers, I don't know if you watched much of that game last night, but uh, I watched some of it. 
I watched none of it. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. I, I'm not going to say single-handedly lost the game for the 76ers, but Ben Simmons had a wide-open, like, flush dunk. He then uh, uh, then decides to pass it, and then they uh, get hammered, whoever it was going up to uh, for the layup. And out of that series, they only got one point from the free throw. Joel Embiid, after the game, after the loss, blames Ben Simmons for the reason why they lost that game. And now uh, there's going to be some uh, trust the process, right, in Philadelphia? <laughs> there's some trying times right now in Philly. I think it might be blow up the process. Yeah, it's no doubt, blow up the Especially process. Especially if your best player is calling out one of the other top players on your team. Uh-huh. That would be like if Giannis was calling out Chris Middleton. You'd have to get rid of Middleton. Dude, I'm like, let's see here. Uh, I saw it. Oh, Simmons takes the blame for the game. It's one of the headlines. We've gone to 60 coming up. Offensively, I wasn't there. And there's another headline I saw where uh, Joel Embiid blames Ben Simmons for that being the turning point of the game and then losing. So now the Milwaukee Bucks have the Atlanta Hawks, and it runs through Milwaukee. Game one is Wednesday night, 730 at the Pfizer Forum. Rowdy. The Bucks now are the odds-on favorite to win the NBA title. Odds-on favorite to win the NBA title. Well, remember at the beginning of the of the postseason for the Bucks, I was like, I think the toughest matchup for them by far is the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. And then who, we'll see who they get out of the Western Conference. Well, they got past <laughs> well, the Nets, well. <laughs> who thank who thankfully were banged up. But now you're looking at it. It's not even the Sixers that they're playing. It's the, the Hawks. Hawks. And I think they match up extremely well against oh Atlanta, God. on paper at least. Yeah, no And then doubt. you look over at the Western Conference side, and it's this currently the Clippers, where Kawhi is hurt, yep. their best player. Is he done? He's out indefinitely? I'm not exactly sure. And then on the other, the other team is the Suns, who one of their better players and big-time veterans, CP3, is still out with COVID protocols. Yeah. Um, but wow, the Suns the Suns are fun to watch, dude. But listen, we we have some time to talk about it today. We're going to be here till two o'clock. Uh, Bill Michaels is out, so uh, we get, we'll get Ben Kenny in here as well when the Bill Michaels show gets around. But Rowdy, he's going to have some choice words about the 76ers. But right now, you look at the remaining field, and you said it, you know, before we started the show today. You look at the remaining field, and the Bucks are the odds-on favorite to win now, uh, according to Vegas. The Bucks don't. The Bucks don't win. I, I don't think I'm wrong in saying this. If the Bucks don't win, go all the way and hoist the trophy at the end of the season and be the uh, the champion, that there's going to be some problems. Look at look at the look at who's left. The Bucks are the best team in the field. They match up no problem with the Atlanta Hawks. And then you look at the other side. If Kawhi Leonard can't come back, which um, I'll check out his injury timeline. Last I checked, he's going to be out for a while. And then CP3. I mean, he's got COVID, but he's a he's an older player, obviously. If well, the Bucks can't do this thing, then there's going to be some egg on their face. Well, yeah, and the Suns are up one nothing already, and you would think the COVID protocols, CP3's back in a week and a half. Yeah. So you'd think he would be playing. Well, this is the Bucks to win. This is all it for the Bucks. Uh, let's see here. The Clippers announced Kawhi Leonard would be without a timetable for return after suffering a knee injury in four, yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah, so they don't really have a timetable on him. Kawhi Leonard... Last time I heard this is right when it happened that he was out indefinitely, but obviously that can change. So we shall see. <laughs> Remember when James Harden was out, and then he was doubtful, and then he was, and then prob- he was probable, probable, and then he was playing, and he's playing, and then he's talking. I have a grade two hamstring injury. That's why I didn't play so good. <laughs> that was all in like a matter of hours. Yeah, what a what a glow up for James Harden. King says the real question is how much more pressure is on Coach Budenholzer if he can't beat his old team in advance of the finals. And then our guy from Scotland Ram Jam says. Does a coach need to win the championship to not get sacked? I think if you're Coach Budenholzer, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do. So we'll talk about that upcoming. But first, hey, RJ, what's up, dude? Hey, what's going on? How uh, So now that you're in here, instead of us talking through a triple-pane glass and a door, your, uh, your, was it DraftKings or FanDuel? DraftKings. How did DraftKings golf go? Uh, I got the guy who took second. <laughs> <laughs> and anything else good? Uh, I guess had not. one other guy make the cut. You didn't. Uh, you didn't uh, have John Rahm in there. No, uh, he's yeah. like eleven hundred dollars. <laughs> oh, was he? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, RJ. And you had some Norwegian guy that just couldn't do it for yeah, you. Yeah, Victor Hovland got some sand in his eye. Decided it was time to call it quick. It's middle of the second round. But like for really got sand in his eye and said I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Took a shot out of the sand and like 
for two more holes. He's just like <laughs> rubbing his eye the whole time. That sucks. <laughs> that stinks. Oh, man. That stinks. All right, boys. So um, Mike Budenholzer, this is, uh, I, was, I read a little report uh, last night. It was a Woj bomb. You know, Mike Wojanowski, or I'm sorry, Adrian Wojanowski about Mike Budenholzer. That Budenholzer may have bought himself another season at the helm for the Bucks and perhaps more with his win or their win over the Brooklyn Nets at the Barclays Center we saw on Saturday. Quote, Mike Budenholzer, this is a Woj bomb, Mike Budenholzer knew coming into this season that his future in Milwaukee would be judged by his postseason performance. He's gone through Miami and now he's gone through the Brooklyn Nets into the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm told that he I'm told that has gone a long way in securing Budenholzer's future in Milwaukee. He has one year left on his contract. I it's the second round. I have to yeah. disagree. I mean, obviously they got past what I think is the best team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. But that that still means that you have to complete the job, right? Like you still have to make it to the NBA Finals. You can't just lay down to the Hawks. No, like everyone's celebrating Saturday like they just won the NBA Finals. Exactly. It was, it was a second round. But if all of a sudden they turn around and they lose to the Atlanta Hawks, you're going to forget all about Brooklyn, and the <laughs> only thing you're going to remember is Atlanta. Yeah, and pain. Again, not making it to uh, the promised land. So Mike Budenholzer, you know, what's been chasing him his whole time? I know he hasn't been here long, but the past three seasons for the Bucks, he's compiled a 162-65 and 65 record. Okay, that's really good for the uh, pre or the uh, regular season, but again, it's the NBA. We're not judged by what you do in the regular season. You judge by if you win titles. And then he's got three playoff appearances, two number one seeds, and also two conference finals now. Well, boys, the two number one seeds. Obviously, we saw the Bucks go all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals and then lose eventually in Game Six to the Toronto Raptors. Kawhi Leonard. Uh, cemented himself as one of the greatest, you know, to do it in that year of the playoffs. Bucks fall. Everyone's kind of like, damn, dude. All right, next year's the year. That's the year we're bringing back everyone, this core nucleus. We're going to maybe add a couple bench players, and then we're going to get her done. Well, by no fault of his own, Mike Budenholzer, the whole world shuts down. Rudy Gobert, if you guys remember, Rudy Gobert was patient zero in the NBA, coughing, kissing, and licking, licking. Yeah. people's microphones and teammates. The whole NBA shuts down. Now, I'm pretty sure the NBA was going to shut down if Rudy Gobert did that or not did that. But the NBA shuts down. Then they uh, go to this bubble, if you remember. And the Milwaukee Bucks look like a complete shell of themselves. They looked atrocious. They got embarrassed by the Miami Heat, bounced out uh, in the second round. And now, uh, you know, how much? So, how much fault do you give Mike Budenholzer for last year? Um, not much. Uh, the team checked out at some point in time. Rowdy? I think you still have to give him some of the blame because he is the coach and that's part of his job is getting the players focused, even if it is a professional sport like the NBA where it seems like the players are um, more in charge at times than the, the coaches are. Yeah. So I'm not going to say no fault whatsoever, a little bit of fault. Yeah, I mean, like uh, what Jimmy Butler say for the Miami Heat, I'm, this is a business trip for me. Like, it just looked like the Bucks, as a coaching staff and – uh, the players didn't come back. I mean, you had players who flat out said, I don't want to play. Yep. And they showed up anyway. Yep. You would have been better off having those guys say, I don't want to play, and having whatever part of the team that wanted to play show up. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, you had, you had a lot of players saying, like, it's pointless for us to be down there. I don't want to do this. There's stuff going on in society that I need to address. You know, all of that. So I, I, I'm not saying that's bad. No, that's but not bad. No, I'm neither am I. If you felt strong enough to make the statement we shouldn't be playing, why did you show up? Yeah. That that in itself shows, you know. Well, there's huge I, issues. Yeah. There's obviously huge issues going on in the state of the world. And obviously the Bucks felt very passionate about it with Kenosha. Then you had George Hill, who was the one that led the walkout of that first game, if you remember correctly. And then it just seemed like there was – you know, sports is a game. There's a lot of things that bleed into the game, like real life, which we saw last year. So looking at Mike Budenholzer specifically, I'm not really blaming Mike Budenholzer for, you know, the Bucks getting ousted of the tournament last year. Mm-hmm. But he also, he, he's got to shoulder some of it because that's his team. He's the leader. He's the coach of that team. I mean, yeah, it was still a team that never guarded the three-point line. <laughs> exactly. Like, they're still... Against a team that only shoots They threes. still went out there and played. 
Like I remember watching them get absolutely embarrassed by the Miami the Miami Heat. Yeah. Jimmy Butler's like, I'm here on a business trip, dude. This is a business trip. So Mike Budenholzer now looks at this season and from one, I don't know how many times we wanted to fire him during that Brooklyn Nets series, <laughs> two times minimum, to where they are now of going to the Eastern Conference Finals. But Mike Budenholzer has this 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 perception chasing him, especially with his time with the Atlanta Hawks. Rowdy, because in his time with the Atlanta Hawks, isn't the same thing we're talking about here with Mike Budenholzer with the Bucks? Really good regular season, then you get to the postseason, and you can't really get over uh, whatever hump it is that he puts out there for himself. Right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. All right, so we have a message here from Badgerman03. Six and a half is the over-under today set by the Twitch channel. We're going to blow by that six and a half. Yeah. Badgerman03 says, Coach Bud is like a great kindergartner or first-grade teacher. Great at installing the building blocks and fundamentals, but lacking the more advanced and nuanced aspects of the job. <laughs> I don't know if he's wrong there. I don't know if he's wrong. So looking at Mike Budenholzer, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, buying himself some more time. Outside of, okay, let me ask you, Rowdy. What if they get to the finals? But if they get to the finals, I think he's got a shot to be the head coach mm-hmm. next season. Next season? If they win the NBA finals, he's obviously coming back. If you lose to the Hawks, I think he's got to go. I think he 100% has Oh, my God. If they to lose go. to the Hawks, he's gone. Uh, more from this Wojo bomb. It's Wojo bomb. Budenholzer's future Milwaukee's called into question over given the team's continued failures to reach the NBA finals in the Giannis Adenokumbo area is his biggest knock. Had the team not gotten past the Brooklyn Nets in the Eastern Conference semis Saturday, especially with the Nets never having their superstar trio healthy, uh, with only Durant making it to the entire matchup, a warm seat would have gone to scorching hot for Mike Budenholzer. I think if the Bucks lose Saturday night, Budenholzer's fired. I think he's. I think he would have been done, like immediately. Probably. Yeah, and he probably should have been. Yeah, I mean that their goal with Giannis, who's a multiple-time MVP. With the team that they've had that's made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, that's won the regular season and have been the best teams in the regular season, it's got to be NBA Finals or bust. Yep, it has to be. And then we have uh, Wisconsin Wookiee on here saying, what's up, what's up, Wookiee? Saying, unfortunately, if they win the championship, Bud will be cemented for a decade. I don't know about that. (laughs) He'd definitely buy a lot more time than if they uh, get ousted, obviously. Yeah, I mean... You look at it with the roster that the Nets ended up having, and you know, don't make that the story. Uh, Kevin Durant even said so. Yeah. I mean, uh, but still, that's a big part of the story. It has to be. You lose to that team. That. Yeah, if Kyrie's available, one and a half of those three guys. James Harden doesn't nursing a grade two hamstring injury. Here's the thing, though. I mean, that's sports. Injuries happen. Yeah. That's just what it is. I don't. I don't feel any bad or remorse for anybody. No like, injuries you, happen, yeah, but that's the why the Bucks had to win that series. Yeah, totally. Because if you lose that series, you have a sick taste in your mouth. Because just think, had they listened to LeBron, the Nets would have won that. Yeah, you're, RJ, you're spot on. Well, I mean, you have a bad taste in your mouth because you lost to a team that you thought was going to be pretty close to your equal, and they were missing guys. Yeah, and. Then if you turn around and lose to the Hawks, it's like... Yeah, if they, yeah. The Bucks are now the odds-on favorite to win the NBA title. Milwaukee Bucks, get her done. I love the text that we got late Saturday night from a loyal listener, Bobby. Uh, Bob, let's see here. Bang the booty was Bob's text to us, Rowdy, because uh, Bob has been the only guy really uh, out there pumping his chest and beating on the Mike Budenholzer band uh, the drum on the bandwagon saying that booty is absolved of a lot of this and he shouldn't be on the, you know, uh, I wouldn't say the hot seat right now, because if he lost to the Brooklyn Nets, the Bucks did, then I think booty's fired. But now with the Atlanta Hawks on the docket, because that's the Eastern conference finals. Now Hawks V bucks Wednesday night, seven 30 at the Pfizer form is the first game game one. The bucks now are on paper. And according to Vegas rowdy, Odds on favorites to win the NBA title. They now are the deep, they're the best team remaining in the tournament. And if they don't, God, if they don't get there to the finals, Budenholzer's gone. Yeah, just looking at uh, FanDuel Sportsbook right now because they have the series posted. Yeah. Milwaukee Bucks are favored to win the series against the Atlanta Hawks as a minus 320 betting favorite. What? While the Hawks are a plus 260 underdog to win the series. Minus 320? And then when you look at the wow. uh, NBA, big. yeah, the future NBA champion, 
Milwaukee Bucks, like you said, their favorite, according to FanDuel Sportsbook, minus 105 as the favorite. The Suns are plus 135. Clippers then at plus 850. And the Hawks at plus 1,200. The Bucks are at what? Minus, minus one, 105. And then everyone else is plus? They are. Right now, Vegas wow. is saying that the Hawks have a worse chance of winning the NBA championship, even though even worse than the Clippers, who are already down one to nothing to the Suns. <laughs> and uh, Clippers are out with Kawhi Leonard, too. Kawhi Leonard's out. Yes. Wild. The Bucks have. So, yes, all that should say if they somehow lost to the Hawks. I think the booty is going to be uh, gone. The booty is deflated. The booty's done. No more booty. Uh, last night, or I'm sorry, not last night. Saturday night, though, what a game of the ages for Giannis Adenikumbo. Also, despite being complete, not complete, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton had a very bad game for, what, 75%, 80% of the game? Then Chris Middleton showed up when needed, though. Check this out. Here you go. 45 seconds left in overtime. 10 on the shot clock. Middleton spinning and hits. Big bucket for Chris Middleton. That was the go-ahead jumper from Chris Middleton, a little mid-range game to put the Bucks ahead and eventually win. Chris Middleton, Rowdy, from just looking like he was – Actually, Drew Holiday is looking like he's trying to lose it even more. But Drew Holiday had some timely shots at the end. Chris Middleton, that shot, though, that was so nice to see from Chris Middleton. Usually, in Big Ten moments, he'd brick a shot like that. Well, they needed him to do it because no one else on the roster can do that at the highest level that Chris Middleton can, can do it when he's playing well. Yeah. And the Bucks are like a weird team because... They're probably the only team in the NBA where if you're talking about your number one, your number two, and your number three on your team, mm-hmm. where the number two is actually the guy you want with the basketball in his hands in crunch time. Yes. They're they're the only team I would have to imagine in the NBA who can say that. <laughs> Every like, other NBA team's like, well, my number one, I want them to have the basketball. Yeah, for like, yeah, exactly. That's just not true with the Milwaukee Bucks because Giannis is such a liability shooting from beyond the arc, shooting uh, consistent jumpers, or making free throws. It has to be Chris Middleton. Yep, and Chris Middleton delivered Saturday night when it mattered most. And same thing with Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, for much of that series, struggled quite a bit, except for in a couple of those big pivotal games that the Bucs won. He also seemed to turn it on in the fourth quarter, both of those games. Yeah, Holiday struggled a lot with the shot, but hit two big ones late in the fourth quarter. Step back three-pointer was the biggest one. That was nice. And Kevin Durant, or I'm sorry, uh, Chris Middleton, right there, I just played the clip. That was awesome. Kevin Durant, though, Rowdy, I mean, he dropped 48 points. Kevin Durant hit a huge shot to send it into overtime. My God, I was ready to have my nuts kicked in the nut kick continuum. But I'm still in, in awe that the Bucks, a Wisconsin sports team, came through in the final moments to win. But here's the thing. This is what I'm, I keep telling myself. It was the second round of the playoffs. Didn't it feel like an Eastern Conference Finals, like you said? Didn't it feel like maybe an NBA Finals? That was a second round. Yeah, like people, the atmosphere at the bar, or I'm sure wherever you were watching it at, was like an Eastern Conference Finals or an NBA Finals type game or big win. Yeah. Even though it was the second round against a Brooklyn team that was missing some of their better players or at least had some of their better players hampered, and then there was Kevin Durant. Mm Mm-hmm. That's why there can't be a letdown for the Milwaukee Bucks. There can't be one against the uh, well. This is the moment, Atlanta right? Hawks. This is the, the, all the chips have now fallen in the Bucks' favor. There's no LeBron James in the Lakers in the finals. There's no Steph Curry in the Warriors in the finals. There's no when you look at the field, Rowdy. Who the the Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks on the other side? You have the Phoenix Suns and the LA Clippers. The the one big one remaining is the Clippers for major market. If, yeah, and if Kawhi Leonard's not able to go, it's not like the the Clippers have a guy that you necessarily think can just match up on Giannis. Yeah. I don't think the Suns really have a guy that's specifically tooled to match up on Giannis, and I don't think the Hawks have anyone no. that can really match up with him either. This is a moment in time where the Milwaukee Bucks, all the the chips, the cards, everything has fallen in their favor. And now it's time for the Bucks to, you know, seize the opportunity in the moment and bring home a championship. It's it, it, this is it. 
on paper, this is it. On paper, with the teams that made the uh, the field, obviously we had no idea who was going to make it out of the Western Conference. But out of the Eastern Conference, the Brooklyn Nets were the toughest matchup for the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm-hmm. They found a way to get it done, even with some injuries to the uh, Nets. That's fine. I mean, that's sports, they, right? They found a way to get it done. They advanced, and now, I mean, Vegas is saying it. We're saying it. The, you can feel it in the air. The Bucks are probably thinking it. You can feel it in the air. Oh, it's music to my ears, baby. Music to my ears. Here's a little Muzak. Turn it on and rip the knob off. Oh, baby. Bucks ain't done yet. No, no. Kevin Durant puts on all-time performances. Psh, not enough, though. The Greek freak was that dude Saturday night. Giannis Adendakumbo absolutely beasting the F out. So after the Nets took a 2-0 lead in the series, Giannis says, okay, I'm going to put it on my broad shoulders. As game three, Giannis, 33 points on 45% shooting. Game four, 34 points, 54% shooting. Game five, 34 points, 64% shooting. Game six, Giannis has 30 points on 60% shooting. And then game seven. Game seven for your Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis Adendakumbo, knowing that Milwaukee is 3-7 and all-time in Game 7s and has never recovered from a 0-2 deficit to win a series. Giannis Adendokounmpo says, watch me. 40 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, 63% shooting, and plays 50 minutes as the Bucks punch their ticket to the Eastern Conference Finals. In freaking credible. Hi, Milwaukee. I'm Yanis Adetokumbo. Can you say my name? Took a while, but yes, we now can, Yanis. Wow. So, Rowdy, absolutely incredible that the Bucks are bucking trends, pun intended. The first team in franchise history to recover from an 0-2 deficit to win a series. It sends the Bucks to the conference finals for a 10th time in team history. And they get the Atlanta Hawks. And now, according to Vegas, what, Rowdy? They are the favorite. Not only to clearly win that series, but to win the NBA Finals. All right, so before we do an update on Aaron Rodgers' watch, was that Game 7 Saturday night, was that... God. Was that the biggest win for the Bucks franchise in I think it was decades? The, I think it was probably the most exciting Milwaukee Bucks game you've watched since the Toronto series. And obviously they didn't come up roses in the Toronto series. But that win over the Nets in Game 7, as KD's puts on another historic performance. And then I would say if you're going to go before the Toronto series, it was probably the 0-1 Eastern Conference Finals series. Where it was rigged against the Milwaukee Bucks and lost to the 76ers. That, and those are probably the those, only... We're talking two losses right yeah, there. And those are probably the only three real moments that you've had in big games for the Milwaukee Bucks since... the. 2000. I think I got to put a Twitter poll coming out here. Was that the biggest game for the Milwaukee Bucks in decades? It's the second round. I just can't get over the one fact, though, that it's the second round of the playoffs. Like, it felt like it was an Eastern Conference Finals. It felt like it could have been like an NBA championship. But no, it was the semi-finals in the Eastern Conference. They're not even out of the East yet, you know? That's the part that kind of brings me back a little bit. Yeah, if this was the NHL, they'd call it the quarterfinals. <laughs> I'm just, it's, I'm, I, I, I w- <laughs> threw me off the other day when I was, uh, the quarterfinals. Yeah. No, when I was looking at some of the headlines on some of the uh, websites mm-hmm. and the NHL playoffs, they said the semifinals. And then I had to kind of look and go, oh, so it's like the conference finals. <laughs> oh, oh. It threw me off for a second. Yeah. I, I get it. All right. So 608 321 Twitter is at zone Madison. Also, we were talking a little bit about Mike Budenholzer. Mike Budenholzer, um, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, a little Woj bomb, that Mike Budenholzer has likely secured a longer future with the Bucks after advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals. Mike Budenholzer with the Bucks, 162 and 65 record, three playoff appearances, two number one seeds, and two Conference Finals. Obviously, his first year going to the Conference Finals, where Nelly just brought it up, losing to the Toronto Raptors in six games. And then you go down uh, to the NBA's bubble last year where they're ousted in the second round of the Miami Heat as that was just a lot of different circumstances, obviously. And then uh, this season, you now have, again, the Bucks going to the Eastern Conference Finals. 
But leading up to this, and I know we talked about it before, but we'll talk about it again, Rowdy. If Booty and the Bucks lose Saturday night, I don't think Budenholzer's retained as head coach, do you? No. Yeah, he's done. He, he probably would be getting announced as gone like today. So let me ask you if the Bucks don't, let's say the Bucks lose, and I think they win though now. Well, let's say the Bucks lose to the Atlanta Hawks. Is Booty's job secured because he bested the Nets and made it to the Eastern Conference Finals? To me, I'd still would send him packing. Abs- yeah, absolutely. I don't get if you're looking at it as someone that's trying to defend Budaholzer. Where you at, Bob? For you know, even if they lose to the Hawks, it's like, yeah, but the Nets weren't even at full strength. Now that's not the Bucks' fault, and it's not the Nets' fault, but it's just the facts. Mm-hmm. And then you played a Hawks team, which you're a minus three twenty favorite to win that series. You're a heavy favorite here. Yeah, the Bucks if are the somehow, biggest favorite. Yeah, if you somehow lose it, it you forget about the Nets series because it's almost as if it never happened. Because all you do remember is that you lost to the Hawks. Yeah, yeah, because people people are not going to remember any good things about plus, getting out of the second round. Plus, you could even say it's it's the Hawks team that got rid of Mike Budenholzer, mm-hmm. who then came to Milwaukee. Yeah, Bucks though they may not have a better chance of winning a title. Then right now, and I know Dante DiVincenzo has been gone with that uh, torn ligament in his left ankle, but they are winning without him. Dante DiVincenzo. I mean, the Bucks literally have no bench. There's three guys. Uh, if you two, if you count, well, three if you count Thanasis as one minute. But it's Pat Connaughton and and Bryn Forbes. Yeah, five I know minutes. we had a coo- uh, a caller that called in earlier, and he was t- yeah, talking Steve. about the bench. And I'm kind of with him on this one. We continue to see Thanasis, even if it's for a couple minutes here and there. Big energy guy. But we don't see Bobby Portis, who was a great player for him and logged some some yeah. key minutes, especially in the regular season. DNP'd, coach's decision. This is the moment, right, Rowdy? Like, this is – now, was it – how big of a game was it Saturday? Well, obviously, it's huge for the organization, the franchise of the Milwaukee Bucks. But how big now is this moment for the Milwaukee Bucks to seize? This is – they're a landslide favorite in the eyes of Vegas. They're a landslide favorite on winning the NBA title. In fact, they're a landslide favorite of beating the uh, friggin' just the series of the Atlanta Hawks. How this playoffs is shaping up, it's shaping up to obviously give the Milwaukee Bucks an inside track, especially if they play well, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at it this way, it's also shaping up for the Bucks to really let you down. Oh, this is this is prime for the nut kick continuum. That's what I'm kind of thinking. This will be here. the biggest nut because it's like forever. okay, you play the Brooklyn Nets. It's a clear cut super team of three superstars in Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. In the first two minutes of Game One, James Harden goes down with an apparent Grade Two hamstring strain. Yep, that is according to him. Yep, that's what he said after the game on Saturday, post Game Seven. Yep. He doesn't play again until, what was that, game five? So he misses basically all game one, game two, game three, game four. Looks like a complete shell of a shell of a shell of himself in game five. Still pretty bad in game seven or game six and then has a decent game seven. Yeah, he was he struggled from beyond the arc, but yeah, he was what? um, What was he beyond the arc here? He's not what you expect. Two for 12. To yeah. give you, but he did score some points. He and did. he obviously was a shell of himself. Kyrie Irving, he obviously plays games one, two, and was it did he get hurt in game? Was it four? It was, game four, I think it was. Yeah, that's when he rolled the ankle a little yeah, bit. Where the Bucks completely smoked. Because then game Harden came back for five. Yep. So he misses three games. James Harden misses basically four games. And Kevin Durant was your constant. You get past them, doesn't matter. You still win the series. You win it in seven. Well, then all of a sudden, the 76ers, who was the best team in the Eastern Conference, they go down to the Hawks, and you have to think that the 76ers and their fans are pretty upset, well, and we know that. Well, I, I'm looking at a 76ers fan over here to the left of me who's going to join us for the Bill Michaels show. They're pretty upset about it. The team, they didn't think that would happen. The Hawks are now all well, of a Well, Rowdy, they there. were trusting the process. Yeah, and now it's the Hawks there, <laughs> and... You look up the matchups and you're like, man, I just don't see how the Hawks can stick with the Bucks. And then from the other side, you look at the Western Conference playoffs, LeBron's out. The Steph Curry's of the world are out. 
the Luka Doncic of the world are out. All the superstars over there are out, yeah. and it's the Suns, and it's the Clippers, who Kawhi Leonard might be out for the rest yeah. of the With a torn the postseason. ACL. You have CP3, Chris Paul, who's old, and he's got COVID right now. Uh, Devin Booker's crushing it for the yeah, Suns. Yeah, but the, the but rest of the Suns outside of CP3 are pretty inexperienced when it young and yeah, inexperienced totally. when it comes to the postseason. And you have the Clippers who are probably down their best player. And Paul George has been a guy that's also been known to choke. Choke. It's, he's trying to he's trying to get rid of that moniker of being a choker. If you're the Bucks, obviously they're the odds-on favorite, but they have to go win it because now if you don't go win it, it's going to be an even even bigger nut kick because they should win it. Yeah, for the first time in more than a decade, no LeBron James, no Steph Curry like, in e- the finals. Even that year where a lot of people thought they should have beat Toronto, they still would have had to have beat was it Golden State? Yep. Do we think that that Bucks team could have got past Golden State? I would have liked I to have seen, but so. I don't think so. I'd like to see it. The Bucks now, look at it. This is a moment in time of the Bucks franchise where they are the clearly head and shoulders, the odds-on favorite by a landslide, and this is their moment to seize it. Will they do it? Let's hope so. The Brewers look like they were going to be inconvenienced by the long ball yesterday. Milwaukee Brewers are up six to nothing, and then. The ugh, everything unraveled in the sixth inning as all of a sudden Eric Lauer, right? Rowdy was having himself a nice little day in the mound, wasn't he? Yeah, until he got to the sixth inning, and then it was like a home run derby opened up hit after hit after hit after home run after home run. I thought to myself, what in the F is going on with the Milwaukee Brewers? And I saw this, and it's something that you and I like to make fun of. Do you remember Michael Blazek? Yes. Well, yesterday for the Milwaukee Brewers, everyone's talking about how there's going to be a choke job in the sixth inning when the Milwaukee Brewers gave up four home runs in the sixth inning. And I saw Adam McKelvey tweet this out, and I had to chuckle because it's something Rowdy and I witnessed here in the studio and then still make fun of it. McKelvey says, well, if it makes anyone feel better, serving up four home runs in an inning is not the club record for the Milwaukee Brewers. In fact, Michael Blazek gave up five home runs over the span of six batters in D.C. on July 27th, 2017. I know you remember that game, Rowdy. Yeah, I do, because then that was when... <laughs> we were right here watching in studio. Willie Peralta came in, and he didn't do any better. No, because then he immediately came up or gave up a home run from Willie Peralta. So there you go. The Milwaukee Brewers did not make club history yesterday with the four home runs given up in the sixth inning. It was actually Michael Blazek owns that from 2017. <laughs> Five home runs over a span of six batters. Absolutely incredible. But, Rowdy, looking at this team, I mean, is it the high altitude? Is it just playing at Coors well, Field? Like, is like the Brewers The Brewers have their bats wake up a little bit. Yeah, but after, after that tough, tough series for the Milwaukee Brewers with the Cincinnati Reds, and you're sitting there going, man, they kind of feel like they were reeling, right? Mm-hmm. And they turn around, and they were playing the Rockies, who – Rockies on the surface aren't a great baseball team, but when you start to dig through the numbers, you say, well, they actually play pretty good baseball at home. And what do we know about the Brewers on the West coast? And I'm counting Colorado on the West coast. Cause they play in the NL West. Yeah. Once they get out to the mountains and farther West, the Brewers always seem like they struggle. I was going through some hey, of them. Unless it's against the Padres. They beat them though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> unless it was the Padres and Dodgers, which they yeah. randomly at, performed like, really well against, against in the first month. But you were crunching some numbers, you said? But yeah, before that, going into that series, I was looking at it, and I didn't have the greatest feeling in my stomach just because looking at some of those numbers, the Brewers didn't necessarily have great matchups when it came to Colorado, playing in Colorado and with the pitching matchups that they had slated. Yeah. I was ho- I was hoping that a split was what I was kind of rooting for because on paper it didn't look very good. Mm-hmm. But man, after that uh, debacle on Friday night, I—you were in down in the dumps. I was not feeling very good about the Brewers' chances. And then you watched the Saturday game, where it was like, "Ooh, they're probably going to lose this game." Until, well, obviously Urias with the little uh, bloop bloop single, and then Bleep. Willie Adamas hits that home run to right center field. Willie Adamas is the dude. And then it and then it was like they kind of carried that energy energy into Sunday, which they jumped out to that six nothing lead, and then 
allowed obviously Colorado to come back, make it six six. And how then sick they, were you in that sixth inning? Uh, I was I was beside myself. I'm, are you Are you kidding me? I thought they were going to lose the game once they gave up the six to allow it to go six six. I just I couldn't kn- believe what was happening. I was well, like, I figured, serious? I figured with them using Hater late last night that they probably would shy away from him, and they did, and they did, but they <laughs> still hold, held on to the game, which. Thankful for that split. Now you get to go to Arizona against literally the worst, one of the worst teams in baseball. Yeah. So the Brewers, who are top of the NL Central, tied with the Chicago Cubs, Brewers have an opportunity here to, you know, hopefully distance. Well, I guess not with the Cubs, but if the Cubs keep losing, sure. But distance themselves from, I don't know, who's, who's even in second right now? Are the Cardinals back up there? I got I to gotta go look, I guess. Uh, I believe the Cardinals and Reds are tied. Oh, yep. No, yep. There he is. Milwaukee, Chicago, Reds, St. Louis, and Pittsburgh. So, Rowdy, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Arizona Diamondbacks are not not good. They're not a good team at all. Uh, in fact, I was reading here. Uh, let's see. They've here. lost seventeen Ten straight in a row. games. Seventeen in a row and thirty-one of thirty-three. And they have the longest losing streak on the road in Major League history. Now, granted, now, these games are going to be in home. Arizona, but they're not much better in Arizona. They're 11-22 and 22 in Arizona, so they win a third of their games at home. Yeah, the Brewers have an opportunity here to really get her going. The Brewers have to take two out of three in this series. Have to. Like, have to, because that five-game losing streak was uh, pretty pretty abysmal. That's pretty bad. Oh, and 17 in their last 17 games, and they win a third of their games at home. The Brewers have to take two out of three here. Have we to. talked about at the beginning of June when the Brewers originally got hot that this was a very favorable month for the Milwaukee Brewers. They play every single team that they played at the time going into June had a losing record yep. besides the Chicago Cubs, and now the only other team that has been flirting with a 500 record was the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, and 17, Rowdy. You say they got to be due for one, right? But my God, it better not be against the Milwaukee Brewers. They have a run differential of minus 107. That is the worst in baseball by far. No other team in Major League Baseball has a run differential that's worse than minus 100. The next worst team is the Pittsburgh Pirates at minus 97. Ooh. The Diamondbacks sit at 20 and 53 in the year. They're by far the worst team in baseball. The, yeah. They're 26 and a half games behind the Giants for first place in the NL West. They stink. They're bad. They're like bad as an understatement for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Who's the second worst team? Who's Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles at 23 and 48. Obviously AL. Wow. The Brewers need to pounce. The Orioles are the second worst team in baseball, and they're four games better than the Diamondbacks. <laughs> Absolutely incredible how abysmal. The Diamond well, we talked about it before. When they were playing the Brewers at Miller Park, their manager was dressing them up and down in the dugout. Yep. And if we remember correctly, the Brewers ended up four games sweeping Arizona. Yep. Which is even Wilder, just because normally in a four-game series of Major League Baseball, it's pretty hard to sweep someone. Correct. That was when, if you remember correctly, they got rid of Darnell Coles, their hitting coach, and their pitching coach in like the same day. Yep. Well, it wasn't the hitting or the pitching coach, obviously, (laughs) because they've just continued to lose games and they've continued to lose series. They're just losers. The Brewers have to go in there and take a minimum two out of three. They can't lose this series, can they? No, 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 no. They can't. There's no way. And then especially when They're you look 0, at the Diamondbacks are 0-17 in the stretch. And you look at who they have going, like you have Brett Anderson tonight, then it's Freddie Peralta, and then it's Brandon Woodruff. There's there's no way. And if there is, we're going to have some problems. There's no way that you shouldn't be able to win at least two out of three. <laughs> I'd be, I'm sorry, but go for the sweep, man. That bad, let's go. Uh, Rowdy, we'll uh, take a step back here. Got to talk some bucks on the way of comments from uh, the deer. Also comments from Milwaukee Brewers. I'll do that a little later, though. But check this out for Willie Adamas. Willie Adamas on Saturday. Willie Adamas with his third career four-hit game. All extra bases hits and all with the Milwaukee Brewers. 
That dude is the truth. No, since they the brought crew. him in, he's been balling. Luis Urias has been balling. Both of those guys have raised their batting average over 30 points since that trade. And obviously the Brewers have had a great record since acquiring Adamas. Yep. His third career forehead game, all extra base hits, and all with the Milwaukee Brewers. Beautiful. Last night or yesterday afternoon, Daniel Vogel back too with the late inning heroics. So now, did you see uh, Luis Arias is creeping up on hitting 240? Yeah. After being in the low 200s yeah. when they acquired Adamas. Remember when everyone wanted to give up on him and they're so pissed that Orlando Arcia was traded? Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't heard many people clamoring for Orlando Arcia the last month and a half. Is he even in the bigs yet? I don't think he's played one single game for the Braves. He's but just... hell, he's tearing it up in AAA last we heard. <laughs> Guess what? A lot of people tear it up hey, in AAA. Keston Hira, last time I checked, is tearing it up in AAA too, isn't he? Yeah, and they didn't he bet like over 400? Brewer fans don't like seeing him in the lineup. Tiss, tiss, tiss. Aaron Rodgers watch, baby. Rowdy has taken us three hours and 20 minutes to bring up the name Aaron Rodgers. I was waiting on it a little bit. Is he coming back? Is Aaron Rodgers going to be wearing the number 12 in the green and gold? Well, according to sources, this comes from the score up in Green Bay. If you take this with a, maybe a grain of salt or maybe go celebrate. But Aaron Rodgers, are you ready for this? Aaron Rodgers has renewed his membership to the Green Bay Country Club for the remainder of the year. <sighs> it's got to mean he's coming back, right, Rowdy? So now the question is, will he be there for training camp in late July? Which we're getting close to about, what, four or five weeks away? Yeah, late July coming up because the Packers are on a little hiatus right now. Uh, I chuckled. This is from GolfDigest.com. Will Rogers be <laughs> GolfDigest.com. They're talking about the rift between Rogers and the Packers. And then uh, we're nowhere closer to knowing where or if he'll be playing football next season. OTAs have come and gone. Mini camps have begun. And yet Rogers is nowhere to be found hosting Jeopardy, splashing around Hawaii with his new B-list pals, and getting drafted into the latest edition of the match. Man, I'm not the only one that called them B-listers. Golf Digest is now calling Shailene Woodley, Miles Teller, B-listers. Well, they're not A-listers. But here you go. This weekend, however, we finally got a hint of what Rodgers might be planning for the upcoming season. And it's good news for cheeseheads everywhere, says Golf Digest. He re-upped his membership at Green Bay Country Club. <laughs> I mean, it is at least a positive sign, right? It is, I guess. I mean, or the guy just likes the golf. Well, I mean, he could have canceled it and said, I'm actually going to get a new membership out in Chico. But what if he has got so much money? Because remember he bought this mansion for $24 million or whatever, straight cash? He split it with Danica. And then the, I think they sold it when they broke up. But what if Rogers, who just has so much money that he doesn't know what to do with it, he just had his card on file as automatic renewal? What if it's auto renewal? This is this much to do about nothing. What if it's just auto renewal, Rowdy? I mean, like streaming services automatically renew you with your card on file. Uh, like, you know, the internet providers See, automatically renew you. I with- can't say I really know because I've never had a membership at a golf club. I've, I've also have never had a membership at a golf club. So I wouldn't know if it is an automatic renewal. But maybe it's an auto renewal. And Rogers, who has got more money than God, I mean, he doesn't care what he does. The, the dude left half a million dollars on the table. For not showing up. Well, we had Amon Green in here years ago, OTAs. and he was talking about how he's spending all this money on um, on his internet oh, yeah. and TV and channels, and he didn't even realize it. So Amon Green, I'll, I'll let you tell the price, Rowdy. Amon Green, we did a show with him for a while. Uh, Amon Green was telling us stories about how he's like, man, I just all of a sudden I hadn't checked my bills in a while and where my money was going. Rowdy, tell the fine folks what Amon was paying for cable. I don't, I don't honestly remember the price, but I just remember it was like ridiculously high for like internet cable. It, it and was, like, it was just a little below six hundred dollars a month for cable. <laughs> I was like, what, Amon? You said he's like, yeah. So then me and the wife, we was sat down. And we we're like, yeah, we don't need all this stuff. So now I'm saving about an extra two hundred bucks. Like, we're just paying almost six hundred dollars for cable. Like these these athletes, it's funny money to them. They don't care. Well, obviously, for the average person, if you, if all of a sudden you have six hundred dollars that are going out of your bank account because of TV, yeah, it's going to turn a lot of heads. It is. I mean, I remember when my stepdad uh, we first got our cell phone bill and text messaging was first a thing. He's like, "Who spent two dollars in text messages? What is a text message? Cost ten cents a text message. Dude is freaking out over two dollars and some change." Well, here you go. 
Keep the change, you filthy animal. Rowdy, $600 a mile green cable bill? He doesn't care. Aaron Rodgers, maybe now, the dude I'm just sure, likes the golf. Maybe now, he likes I'm the sure golf. That's and it's a, a great little course. bit more because, I mean, some of those golf memberships, depending on the, uh, the course and how nice it is, can be pretty expensive. Now, again, for Aaron Rodgers, it's not expensive. No, it's him. It's a drop in the bucket. The dude literally left half a million dollars sitting on the table when he didn't show up to voluntary OTAs. Also, Rowdy, Aaron Rodgers was going to be fined like $93,000 by the Packers for not showing up to mandatory minicamp. I never knew what happened there. So if they did find him or gave him an exemption, he still hasn't thrown away $93,000. But I did like when I know some of the media outlets were talking about Aaron Rodgers renewing his golf membership, but then also kind of extending the conversation and talking about how, well, he was a guy that in the CBAs and the contract disputes was a guy for less practices, yep. for less training camps, for less preseason, and for better health insurance later on in life. Yep. So he was kind of like a that type of argument would make sense on why he didn't care about the mini camps didn't care about the mandatory stuff. Uh-huh. And now if he is back in late July, when the normal training camp starts up for the start of the season, if he's back then, then that argu- argument made a lot of sense. Totally. Too. Well, I mean, just go back to last year when all of it was canceled because of COVID-19 stuff, right? All of that practices was uh, no mas. They weren't doing anything. Rogers called. It was the, the digital like OTAs, the digital mini camp where they're all looking at their playbook, studying on their own time. Rogers called that his desert rose and he absolutely loved it. And he was able to, you know, dive into Matt LaFleur's playbook a little more. And then what happened with Rogers not having to do preseason and all that stuff? The dude went out and won MVP. And I would imagine for the majority of athletes that are at the top of their game, if they are not necessarily in a structure, but have to do it themselves. Since they love the sport, they're great at it. They love doing it. Mm-hmm. They're going to go after it and dig into the playbook more and do other things because that's just who they are. Yeah. But then you have some of these other guys where that not having that structure isn't going to be good for them. Oh, totally. Like Rogers can get away with that stuff because he's, oh, he's I'm just like saying, timeless. But the guys like Jordan Love, for example, or other rookies or younger guys, that's they need that stuff. Or I'm just saying, like, it doesn't even have to be like borderline players or or guys that haven't been there very long and haven't had many practices. I'm talking to like Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning type players that are very cerebral, cerebral, very into their playbooks, very, you know, I guess you would say self motivating. Yeah. That's great for them because they're going to motivate themselves. They don't need the structure. Mm-hmm. Other guys that are in that aren't so much self motivators. I'll just name one guy that I know you liked back in the day, Jay Cutler. He'd Cutty. be a guy that probably wouldn't have done much. Cutty doesn't. He do. just would have shown up. There wouldn't have been much of an off season workout type thing compared to what Rodgers or Manning or, or Brady or some of those guys would have had. Cody would just be like, man, where's my Marbreds? Now, obviously, that was a quarterback example, but that that basically is a a good example for pretty much every player at every position. <laughs> We've had former Badger, former uh, Cincinnati Bengal, what current Houston Texan Alex Erickson. Yeah, he was talking about how when all the COVID stuff. Yeah, he, he made his own home gym. He went and bought a bunch of stuff for a home gym because, well, coming from Darlington and being a, a guy that was like a walk-on at Madison, you kind of got to have you a lot be of a self-motivating yeah, guy. For sure. But then you have other guys that might have been top in their high school, top in their state, top coming out of college that kind of just lived off their talents, and that's all they've ever yeah, done. Yeah, they didn't have weren't, to work hard for it. huge motivated guys. Like and a they, Jamarcus Russell? Yeah, they kind of got by in the NFL as being all right players, but you thought they could have been a lot better. Yeah. Those guys aren't the same type of guys that it would work well not having any structure for. No, I can totally see Rodgers being like, yo, man, I'm co-, like our guy J.A. Krebs. What's up, Jordan? He just messaged me on Twitter. It says, Rodgers will be there in July. He just doesn't want to leave his honeymoon. <laughs> if he doesn't, if he doesn't, he won't play next year. So if he doesn't show up, he won't play next year. I can see Rodgers being just like, yo, dude, I've been advocating for none of this stuff. It doesn't make sense. Uh, it just gets us more injured. Let us have more time off to then prepare for the season. And here I am saying, F you, I'm not coming. I don't care. You, I, I'm Aaron Rodgers. What are you going to do? Tell me I can't start week one. 
if I'd miss mandatory minicamp or voluntary OTAs. If he comes back in late July for training camp, man, what a what an off season for a Green Bay Packer and its media. Oh yeah. Oh for from sure. basically what was that? Mid April till about mid July. Aaron Rodgers watch, baby. The dude re-ups his golf membership at Green Bay Country Club, and it's nationwide news. Even Golf Digest is reporting on it. (laughs) And every big jade that's got a pulse. There's your Aaron Rodgers update. Aaron Rodgers watched another turn. The man's renewed his country club membership at Green Bay. Could be auto renewal, though. Who knows? I saw Nelly. I was looking in uh, Aaron Rodgers' watch about how he's uh, re-upped his golf membership, right? And maybe people are saying, like, this is a sign that he's going to be back end of July for a training camp. And then all of a sudden, you know, all this will be put to bed behind us. And Rogers will be like, well, I just didn't want to do this, guys. I'm just engaged to a, you know, beautiful new fiance of mine. I wanted to go party with her younger friends and kind of like, you know, turn back the hands of time and relive my 20s uh, because I was more enamored in, in with the Green Bay Packers and doing training camp and, and mandatory mini camp and voluntary OTAs. Like, I wanted to. I wanted to recapture my youthful magic of my 20s, so I hung out with the 25, 6-year-olds, Shailene Woodley and Miles Teller and his wife. Actually, Miles Teller's in his 30s, I think. Yeah, I don't think he's that much younger than Aaron Rodgers. He just looks it, right? Yeah, I think he was in his mid-30s. But people are like, oh my God, Aaron Rodgers has re-upped with the country club in Green Bay. And then we were looking at uh, the price of it because, you know, when something doesn't have a price next to it, usually you're in for a pretty penny. You should have called over the commercial. Well, I looked up I looked up their membership process, actually. You want to know how it goes? The membership process to become a, affiliated with the Green Bay Country Club. In most instances, incoming members are referred by current members for inclusion in the club. If you are new to the area and interested in joining, please contact us, and we will help you determine an acceptable reference for membership. So, Rowdy, first you have to fill out a membership interest form. Then, if you're deemed worthy... You get to schedule a tour. Then after you schedule your tour, you say, we want all our members to enjoy club life for years to come. A tour is the first step to determining if membership is a good fit. Usually your take or your tour takes 45 minutes to an hour, during which we'll show you our beautiful facility, get a sense of what you are looking for in a club, i.e. what if we're looking for you, and share the club's expectations for members. Okay, so in a country club in Green Bay, Wisconsin, do you think Aaron Rodgers needed references or he is his own reference? I feel like he'd be his own reference. <laughs> now, I would, I would love to know how long he's had this membership for. Like, did all of a sudden he was given a membership after winning the Super Bowl in 2010, 2011? And before that, they're just like, you're just the dude who replaced Brett Favre. Oh, nay, nay. But there's a schedule tour. <laughs> And then step three is you have to apply for a membership. And if those were old references, I wonder if Mike McCarthy would have still been one. Big Mike, I guarantee is a lifer there. But check this out. (laughs) After you, uh, step one is a membership interest form. Step two is you schedule a tour. Step three is then you apply for a membership. And here's what they require when you apply for said membership. A member reference, a completed membership application, a digital photo of you and your spouse permission to conduct a background check for you and your spouse, and then a check for the first month's dues and initiation fee. I don't think Shailene Woodley golfs. She doesn't, she doesn't come off as a golfer to me. No. So, I mean, Rogers can be just like, here's a picture of me hoisting the Vince Lombardi trophy. Enough said. And then after you apply for the membership, there's the approval process, which is step four. So after we receive everything, we conduct a background check and a credit check. When you meet the requirements, your application will be put to the membership committee and our board of directors for approval. And then step five, when you clear all that, welcome. You have now been vetted. If you're beautiful enough and rich enough, you're welcome in to the Green Bay Country Club. So there's the steps of becoming a member. Well, after Don't going, know the price. Yeah, after going through those steps, it's going to be a, probably a hefty price tag for that and And the initiation fee too yeah and after going through all those steps i just know that both of us wouldn't make it no no we we would not be in we would be shown the door uh probably during the scheduled tour uh i don't even know if we'd get to the tour we do the membership interest form which i haven't looked at it yet but i'm sure it's hilarious uh let's see here sir tank a lot on twitch says quote unquote be rich and attractive or get the f out (laughs) and imagine the people you have to deal with during the process Yes, these people 
uh, probably are all sniffing their farts, saying how much better they smell and taste than everyone else. Oh, the membership interest form isn't bad. Oh, you just your name, where you live, uh, what you're interested in, and best way to contact you, and how did you hear about us? That's that's all you. That's all it is for the membership interest form. Then you take the tour, and that's when they sniff you out to see if you are worthy yeah, enough. We don't get past two. No, be like, sir, you're supposed to wear a collar here, and not one that says Edgerton. Country club. Wait, I can't take my shirt off. Well, you can't. I don't think. I don't <laughs> think you can take your shirt off in this, unless you pay a lot for extra for that. Rowdy, just like when we had a golf event with you were shirtless golfing, I don't think you could that take your shirt off. That was already a question mark, and that wasn't <laughs> even at a country club. That was at a, that was at the Oaks, beautiful Oaks. As all of a sudden they come up on Rowdy's group, it's like hot out. One one golfer described the day as a death march because it was so hot. So I come up to Rowdy's group to make sure everyone's doing all right, and what do I see? A young Nelson Raisbeck, shirtless. Um, ready to hit a drive. Like, what are you doing? Put the shirt on. And I'm pretty sure before that, we had another one in our group that laid down with a beer can yeah. on them, yeah. and someone else teed off off the beer can. Yeah, sir. It was hot that day. We The golf wasn't great. I don't Were they like, sir, you're not at Coachman's right now in beautiful Edgerton, Wisconsin, which I love, Coachman's. Sir, you're not at Coachman's right now. Can we put the shirt on and stop using a beer can as the tea? Thank you. <laughs> hey, you guys finished last that tournament, right? But I think you finished first in fun. Uh, was that the same year? I, it all blurs together. Dude, it was one, so hot out that one day. One year we finished in the middle of the pack. The other year we were dead last. It's so hot out that... Listen, we and were you know chugging beer, and it was that? still stone cold sober. But it was still basically the same group. Yeah, your your group's <laughs> been in a lot of shenanigans. I don't think that the Green Bay Country Club is going to be knocking on your door to request a membership. Let's go to the. <laughs> how can how can the same group one year go from middle of the pack, with shirts off, to no and, shirts off to dead last? Well, I think it's because the shirts weren't off, and you weren't using beer cans as teas. I think I think. Or you it guys- could have been because the that week we had. The brewer bus trip. Oh, <laughs> then the golf. That explains it. Then the golf outing. And the Mallards. And then there was a Mallards. Yeah, it was Mallards, <laughs> Mallards, Brewers, golf outing, Elkhart Lake. Many say our all livers. The same our week. livers are still mad at us. Yeah, we had a Brewers bus trip where we all just got annihilated on accident, responsibly. Parlayed that into the golf tournament, and where then, we all got responsibly blasted, and then you parlayed that into getting self-diagnosed third-degree burns at Elkhart Lake. For passing out by the river, by the lake. By I think we're confusing the years because I think I got the third degree burns actually the year <laughs> Self-diagnosed. That, we, that we had our shirts off and got middle of the pack in the average Joe. All I know is I about crap myself when I saw Nelson shirtless it, at the Oaks. <laughs>